Lone Star 187 is intended for a mature audience. Listener discretion is advised. Case File 40, Monica Joy Martinez. Welcome back. Welcome back. Here we are. Hi, y'all. I'm Brittany. I'm Carrie. And And we're we're Lone Star 187. So. Where are we this week? Let me guess. Are we in Dallas or Plano? No, I decided to go back to my roots. To your roots? My roots. And those are? San Angelo. Not San Angelo. The San. So this episode was requested by a family friend named Dolores. Yes. Um, I was very little, and actually, when I post pictures, I'm going to post two pictures of me with Heidi, which, for those that don't know, Heidi is one of our other sisters. I don't remember her. I see pictures of her. She's Mm -hmm. on our Facebook, and she's such a great follower. She's Um, got such a contagious laugh, too. She was at our apartment all the time, so she and Heidi were inseparable. Yep, she was like... Um, I called Heidi and I was like, I want to make sure when I present the case that like I, I say everything right because I obviously don't remember because we were almost three when we moved mm-hmm. from San Angelo to Plano. So I obviously don't remember. But I have seen pictures of me with, with her and Dolores. So thank you, Dolores, for this story. Um, thank you for being an avid listener. She yes. loves our podcast, right? Great supporter. Yeah, she's yeah. always laughing and yeah. liking our posts and stuff. So we appreciate that. Yep. Hi, Dolores. When she gave me the story, I was a little bit worried at first because I could not find a lot of information on mm-hmm. it. So a lot of the articles that I did find had mostly repetitive information and then added like a little bit of extra that I didn't have before. So it's not a very long story. So you had to build on a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Yeah. So there's a a girl by the name of Monica Joy Martinez. April 1st of 1992, she's living in San Angelo and she goes missing. I'm not really sure what her relationship was with her mom. She was supposed to be picked up that day by her ex-boyfriend, Robert Velasquez, and his friend, Timothy James Rodriguez. So how old was she at this time? 18. Okay. So she's supposed to be picked up to go to a party. That's what she told her mom and I believe her sister. Her sister's name is Lisa. You know, she was just going to go to a party. Oh, shit. I lived in San Angelo at this time. Well, maybe you remember this. Because I didn't move from San Angelo until 1999. Well, and the sad thing about this is that it didn't really become a popular thing until the late 90s. So okay. she goes missing on April 1st of 1992. Okay. And she's reportedly seen getting into the truck with these two men. Okay. Who she knew. Robert was her ex-boyfriend and Timothy James was a friend of his. So she did know them. So it wasn't like she went against her will. I'm not exactly sure what their story was, but the problem is that her mom listed her as a runaway. So no investigation was done. You know, that happened a lot back then. How many of our other stories do we have, like the Candyman Mm -hmm. and other stories where, and even the Waco kids, right? Mm -hmm. Wasn't that a similar thing Mm -hmm. where the parents were like, well, I mean, they're in their teens. Well, no, the police were like that. And the parents were like, no. Okay, that's true. Remember the dad like went looking. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know your kids. But in this case, it's the parents that Mm -hmm. were saying. So the mom's like, oh, she probably just ran away. So she marked her as a runaway. Not a runaway. A runaway. A runaway. So Monica's aunt, who lived in California, went to bat for her and put her on the Center for Missing and Exploited Children. 
And so how much longer after she this became was, missing did her aunt do this? This was about four years later. It was in 1996. Oh, shit. So nine, four years went 1996, by? 1996, yeah. So the mom didn't do it. The aunt did? The aunt did. Which made me, oh, but it made me wonder, like, what was her behavior at home that would lead her mother the to truth. believe that she was a runaway, you and know? for that long. Yeah. And no sign of coming back, you know? Yeah. Obviously, at some point, the aunt had to be like, this just isn't like her to just up and leave. And so, not reach out to some other family member, mm-hmm, right? Even mm-hmm. if she didn't have a very good relationship with her mom, which is what I feel like we're mm-hmm. kind of getting at. Yeah. Well, and even her sister, she's very close to her sister. And, I mean, she just disappeared. So, you know, at Walmart where they have those um, boards that say, mm-hmm. like, have you seen me? So, someone sees her on this and it tips off an investigation. I'm not sure what was said, but something was said. So police pick up her case, her runaway case that's now considered a missing child. They go to Monica's house. Through her stuff, they find a letter that she wrote in April uh, or in like February or March of 1992 to her boyfriend who lived in Dallas. And Uh she never mailed it. I wanted to know what was in this damn letter Mm -hmm. so bad. And I could never find out what it was. Um. Something was in that letter that made them go after these two men. Okay. So the guys that she was with last. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Something... even after all this time, they were able to establish where she went that night and yes. who she was with. Okay, yes. good. So they read this letter and it led them to these two two men. So they go in um, 1997. The detectives go and meet with Robert and Timothy and they didn't even try and deny it. They weren't even like, oh, we don't know what you're talking about. We don't know who that is. They both pled guilty to murder. Immediately? Immediately. They're like, yep, we did it. Even though there was no body that was recovered, they had no evidence against them, but they just spilled their beans. And maybe, maybe they were feeling guilty this whole time or something. Possibly. I'm pretty sure they knew they would get caught eventually mm-hmm. so maybe it was a relief for them to be like finally we don't have to run or hide anymore um so their story which i got bits and pieces of gonna go to a party but they did not arrive to that party but they were supposed to go there like they had told two and monica yes they had all told multiple people that they were all going to this party and that's another reason why they wondered if maybe she ran away before they picked her up because her sister said that she saw her get in the truck with them, but she could never positively ID who she got in the truck with. So it was hard for them to go after anyone when there was no positive ID of who was in the truck when she left. But you know who the truck belongs to, so you can at least well, go the after sister the didn't. owner of the truck. The sister didn't. But she rec- she was able to tell them what kind of vehicle it was though, right? Yeah, but I guess not enough that... They were able to link it to a person that uh, mm, that they that she would enough. know. So there yeah. was kind of like, I was just so wishy-washy. Yeah, and then for the parent to be like, don't look for her, she ran away, kind of makes them feel like, well, then it's if the parents aren't worried, we shouldn't be worried. Fair enough. So they tell them that they both raped her. <gasps> no. They beat her. They drowned her by putting a rope around her neck, then carried her into a reservoir where one held her head down under the water while the other jumped on her back and kicked her in the ribs until she became lifeless. Oh my god, what which San Angelo has three lakes. So which one? Um so they so they hid her body under some rocks and then the next day was worried that she would be found so they moved her. She was killed at OC Fisher Reservoir and found at Twin Butts Reservoir it's- later on. <laughs> what? What? I'm sorry. Okay. 
Everybody from San Angelo that's listening is going to be laughing because do not edit this out. It is, it's Butte. It's Twin, Twin Butte. Buttes because it's two little small mountains and they're not really big enough to be a mountain. It's a butte. You're so butte. It's Twin Buttes. Twin butts. Oh my God, that is so funny. So no, I've partied many nights at both of those lakes. Yep. So they moved her. How how close is O.C. Fisher to Twin Buttes? Not really close by. I mean, it's a pretty good drive, but I mean, it's San Angelo, so nothing is more than 20 minutes away from each other. She was murdered in O.C. Fisher and then moved to Twin Buttes. The next day they moved her. And I don't know if maybe they thought it'd be less populated. I'm not sure. Well, it's a lot different there now, but more people party at O.C. Fisher and Nasworthy than Twin Buttes. Although, I don't know. I did a lot of part. Twin Buttes is where the cage is that I used to jump off of. Like a dumbass. A cage? It's called, it was called the cage. It's something in the water that's like, a, I think it's for power supply. And it's this big square thing that's got concrete columns and connected to each of the columns is like a, like a metal grate. And we would climb up to the top of it and we would get all drunk like dumbasses and then jump off into the water. Which now it's not a big deal because it's pretty far underwater. But back then it wasn't, I mean, it was pretty, like you drive up to it and climb. Now you can't even get to it. There's too much water. There's a lot of water out there. So that's that's what happened to her. That's what they said. Where trial happened. Did they take them and show them where? Well, her... they. I mean, they asked them. Can you take us to her? Where Where is she? Where is she? Because we're gonna need a body in order to convict you of murder. It's really hard to convict someone without a body, even if you're even willing if you to say confess. that you did it. Right. For six months after this happens. For six months, for six months after they confessed, did they, they get arrested? I mean, yeah, I mean, they arrested them and put them in jail. Okay. And the DA basically said, you have nine months to come up with a body. Because after that, it's going to be really hard for us to get a good sentence. Like, there's just no way we're going to be able to convict them of murder, even though they were saying that they did it. And it makes sense, but where's the proof, you know? So you have nine months. And if you don't do it, then... I don't know if I'll be able this to have is what a case. They say to the prosecutor, right? Surely they don't tell the the suspects that. Because... No, no, no. That's what the DA told the <clears throat> told the um, state prosecutors. So for six months, they go over a five acre lagoon at Twin Buttes that was drained, mm-hmm. and fifteen acres were searched six inches deep. Mm. So can you imagine fifteen acres? That's a lot. Um, and first, you have to drain it. And then it's going to be knee deep into... This was additional to the... So there's the Twin Buttes Reservoir mm-hmm. that was drained and looked at. And then 15 acres surrounding that reservoir. Yeah. Um, six inches deep by city, county, and state policemen. Some off-duty, some on-duty, some retired. Because... And this is in 97? 97. So I did live there when this happened. Yep. 97. Nothing was found. Helicopters were used. They sent psychics out there. Nothing was found. So they take their risk and they're like, you know, maybe, maybe we'll get lucky. So they try them. And Velasquez, who is the one who seemed to have been the assistant, was sentenced to 40 years in jail with the possibility of parole. And Rodriguez, who was the ex-boyfriend, so had the tie to her. So they felt like he must have lured her in. And he's the one that confessed that did most of the bad stuff. 
he received a 75-year prison term with possibility of parole. So in February of 2008, two hunters find remains at Twin Buttes Reservoir. And it took us two years to confirm that that was Monica Joy Martinez. Why did it take so long? I don't know. I mean, I read a couple of articles that was saying that... Because they forensics and DNA mm-hmm. and all of that shit was pretty solid by then. Because they had so many drownings... And all of, they had so many, because it was so close to the Did water. Did they not have any of her DNA? I guess maybe that was the problem, right? Is well, that... they well, they confirmed it was her two years later by childhood dental records. And it wasn't hard to find those because her mom was still alive. True. Her aunt's still alive, her sister. So it's not like it was hard to get that information. And she lived in San Angelo her whole life. So so I wonder how far from where they searched she was found. Is I there a map? There's no mm. way of seeing. Nope. It just said that two hunters were were hunting and they found what looked like human remains because by this point it's been 16 years mm-hmm. almost tw- what um yeah six eight ninety two eight sixteen years since she was murdered because she was murdered that night that she went missing that's a long time to be there but because of where she was found it was very wet and stayed wet is why some of her remains were still somewhat intact as far as being able to have fine tissue they said if she had been buried especially in texas heat and in that area of texas mm-hmm. it would have been so dry there'd be yeah, nothing left a lot there. so there was enough dna to confirm that it was her and also they checked they did a swab of her sister and confirm that they had the same DNA. So they know that it was her. I just don't know why it took so... I, I don't know why it took two years. I wonder if they got lost or there, were some, there was something else going on that everything was And I don't know if maybe, maybe they found part of her. I mean, I can't imagine her being completely perfect after 16 years. No, it would just be bones. But I'm saying, like, I wonder if maybe the bones were scattered along an area. And maybe yeah. it took a while to dig everything up and put it all together. I mean, that could take six, seven months at that point, you know, True. just to get all the bones and put it together and... Maybe they didn't find her teeth initially. Maybe they only found her legs or, God forbid, oh my God. Took two years. They did confirm in February of 2010 that it was her. There's a man by the name of Jack Hamilton, and he works for the Texas Department of Criminal Justice Victim Services. And his main goal in life is to ensure that people that are found guilty for crimes later on when their crimes were done in between like the 70s and the 90s we already know that there's some jacked up rules mm-hmm. that were done then for some bullshit rules. i don't know why those rules were put into place during that time because there were so many murders but he worked so hard to make sure that the victims and their families are so well respected like he he went to the families and was like okay so they've been convicted they're eligible for parole as of this year whatever year it would be and if they're set to come out like I'll be the first one to let you guys know Mm -hmm. because you guys need to know that they're out you guys especially living in a smaller town like you never know if they're going to come back here because they were 18 and 21 when this happened so this is their roots this is all they've ever known so that's his main goal another woman that works with him her name is Molly Thurman she's a victim service coordinator and she works with the San Angelo DA in cases like this And anytime that they're up for parole, she contacts the family to see if they want to do a victim statement and Mm -hmm. say, like, you know, this person shouldn't go out. So she's contacted anytime that these two men have been eligible for parole or have appealed. She's always contacted the family. Her family wants no part of anything, which is another reason why I couldn't find anything. Like, I couldn't find a picture of her mom, her sister. I couldn't even find a picture of the two guys. I found two pictures of her. That's it. They refuse to do any interviews. They refuse to talk to the state. They refuse to talk to... They don't want to talk to anyone. Wow. And I don't know, maybe her... I mean, I'm sure her mom has to have some guilt. I'd have guilt. Me too. 
if I said my daughter run away and then found out that what happened to her, yeah, I you would have to put me in a freaking mental institution because yeah. I would be fucked up for real. This is where you might get mad. I mean, I'm already pissed off that they got away with it. I mean, you know what surprises me is that these kids either didn't tell any of their friends what they did or they told other people and other people either didn't believe them or just lived with it too. So Because that's a long time to yeah. hold that shit in. Well, apparently they were both really high on drugs and for years they didn't know if what happened really happened or if they were so high that they, like, the boyfriend thought that he that he fantasized about it. That he didn't, like, they couldn't remember did they really pick her up or did we not pick her up? Do we go well, to the party? I mean, and they you... asked their friends and their friends were like, you didn't come to the party. They're like, oh, what did we do? Like, they, for three days, they didn't know what they did. So what were they high on? I have, says they were high on, they were under the influence of drugs Ice. for three days. Maybe they didn't think that they did it. Maybe they thought that they fantasized about it. Because, I mean, the boyfriend, ex-boyfriend is the one that... But if they just, like, jumped on her and and didn't actually shoot her or Mm-mm. cut her, then there wouldn't be any blood. No. You would just be muddy. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And if so you remember just... being at the lake but don't remember what you did, then you understand why you're muddy. Yeah. Right? And it's February, so it's but cold. They moved, but they remembered because they went and moved her. So that's bullshit. Mm, that's true. But they were so high at that point. So, but it doesn't matter. They remembered what they did and they went and moved her. So they're full of shit. Yeah. Well, that's what they said. These little bastards. So under Texas law, <sighs> murder. I love my state. I love my state. I love my state. Murder falls in the category with aggravated assault, aggravated kidnapping, and aggravated sexual assault. If convicted of one of the crimes, a person must serve at least 50% of the sentence before becoming eligible for parole. That is Texas law. Okay. Okay? At least half your time. But because the murder happened in 92, it falls under the 1990 version, which did not include that half the sentence had to be served. Are those little fuckers out? So in October of 2000... I visited Angelo, you little punk asses. (laughs) So in... October of 2011, her wonderful sister, her name is Lisa Trevino, she writes the parole board all the time. Good. I would And too. so the Department of Criminal Justice sent her a letter and basically said, like, they have they have reached their limit and they cannot apply for parole anymore. They have been denied Good. a parole and they... They're going to have to stay in jail the rest of their time. So both inmates, thanks to Jack Hamilton and all his work, both inmates have been listed as people that are a continuing threat to public safety and that they should know they should continue to have future denials on any parole request because they have committed one or more violent crimes with elements of high brutality violence or conscious selection of victims so they feel like because of who they chose Mm -hmm. and the nature of the crime that all paroles in the future should be denied yep regardless of the reason regardless, regardless of, of any else. evidence that may come up that they are deemed as denied do they can send a letter every single day till the day that they pass away and they will be denied because they did find her where they said they were yes they and they find medic- her where they looked before but the hunters that found her found her at twin buttes correct and that's where they said they put her and even though there's no tissue to confirm everything they are able to tell that she did pass hers. away yeah and i don't know so she went missing on the first, and they said that, that they killed her on the first. But according to the bones, the medical examiner made, if you look at her obituary, it says she died, I think, like April the 6th. So How did they know that? They went by the age of the bones. But that, okay. 
I don't understand science to that level, so I can't say if that's right or wrong. No. But I, I mean, still feel like you could nail it down that much. But I also feel like as a medical examiner, you can't say, well, if you said you killed her on the first and she died on the first. We don't know that. I mean, True. she she may have crawled. she may have or she may unfortunately I hope to God not she may have suffered if they just kicked her. I mean, they didn't say they stabbed her. They didn't say. I mean, if they drowned her, but not enough to the point that she actually was was dead, mm-hmm. and then moved her away from the water the next day. I mean, she could have been pretending to be dead, or she could have been brain dead, but not dead, which is awful to think about. Yeah, it is <clears> awful. But Robert Velasquez is due for release as of july 1st 2038 which is in what 17 years Mm -hmm. and he is in gatesville texas at the alfred hughes unit and timothy james rodriguez will (laughs) that was her ex-boyfriend right no which one was her ex-boyfriend velasquez okay um and timothy james rodriguez is 110 of 2037 and he's in amarillo at the bill clements unit so they're not even together no good so they will be there until they, until they die, most Good. likely. Because I mean, Good. that's As seventeen years be. from now. In in ninety two, if they were in, let's say twenty, right? And it's twenty one, so that's thirty one. So they're at least in their fifties. Mm-hmm. So another ten years, they'll be senior citizens by the time they get out. So they were in their twenties in the nineties. Mm-hmm. know them i went to school there i couldn't find any pictures of them and when i asked um i mean Velasquez i asked heidi sounds familiar but that i would need to see a face um when i asked heidi you know she of course didn't go to high school there i did um but dolores said she wanted us to do this case because i think she said she went to high school i'm not sure if she with went to high girl. school with her or them but she went to high school probably her because if they're in their 50s i'm in my 50s so they would have been closer to my age, and Dolores is Heidi's age. So she probably went to school with the girl. She said, um, this young lady got murdered by two of our classmates in 1992. Oh, so she did Her name was Monica them. Martinez, and her killers were Robert Velasquez and Timothy James Rodriguez. Dolores went to high school with the boys, so they'd be more Heidi and Dolores' age. Okay. So Heidi was going to look through her yearbooks and see if maybe she sees a picture of her. That's what happened, unfortunately. I mean, I I really, really hate that years were wasted assuming she ran away only to find out that she had been taken. Well, at least they found her body and hopefully her family was able to lay her to rest and Mm -hmm. she's her bones are in a cemetery so people can go pay their respects right Mm -hmm. did you see was there anything about that do you know i don't know i saw her it is really sad and i mean all of them are sad but when when you think about somebody potentially being out there fighting for their life and there's nobody around because we used to camp out there and i gotta tell you at night it's quiet it's desolate well and i just it makes me sad to think that you go missing and you think oh people are looking for me right like people are totally looking for me they're gonna know that like something happened and then to know that they just deemed you a runaway and they weren't looking for you yeah until that's sad whatever happened with her aunt whatever changed in her that made her say no my niece is missing yeah um you know is maybe she would dream about her and stuff because you know maybe the dead comes back to let you know Maybe there was some intervention there from Monica herself saying, you guys, I want you to find me. Here I yeah, am. Yeah. Come find me. Come find me. Mm-hmm. You know? Thank you for the recommendation. Yes. Thank you, Dolores. And I have to say, like, I did not realize 
the stupid rules and laws that were put into place. Like, I don't under, I understand there was a lot of overcrowding because like murder became super popular for whatever reason during that time, 70s to 90s. It's bullshit to me that you can do a crime and get away with it for 20 plus years. Mm -hmm. And then when you're convicted, even though you're convicted and you're tried in today's law, which is, that's what doesn't make sense to me. Like if, if you speed today, you're going to get a point on your driver's license, right? If they come back and say, well, you sped in 1995, so now you're going to get, you know, like if you're tried during these times, then these times should go into effect. When it actually happened. Not when the crime occurred, because that's not when you're being punished, you know? If somebody knows and understands that, I would love to to understand. There needs to be some kind of new law that the longer it goes without being found the longer it takes to find out the more you should be punished yeah because, because you could have come forward yeah because you've sat on that information all this time and made the family wonder and the victim is out there somewhere not at peace not at rest there's no closure right so i think it should be more it sh- they should be harder on them because of that instead of well the laws in the 90s when you did it no fuck that regardless of when you did it we know you did it you're going to be punished mm-hmm. and no parole or anything like that. No. In fact, we're just going to put you in the freaking chair. You got to, We're you, going to bring the chair back for those people. <laughs> <laughs> you got to, you killed someone and you got to live free for 30 years. You got to walk this earth committing a, a very awful crime. Yes, you didn't do it again. Oh, congratulations. Well, Pat not that we, know of. we don't know. They could have. No, I mean, I'm just saying in general, if, if you did that and you didn't do it again and then oh. you're in trouble... And you stand before the judge. I don't feel like you should get tried no. as if it was 1992. Mm-mm. It should be tried like it's 20 fucking 21. And you need to go to jail. And you need to be charged for the crime in today's world, not the 90s. Because the 90s worked in the 90s. It doesn't work. Like, you can't take your flip phone. <laughs> no, it's not... It's not the 90s anymore. Yeah. It's not all that. That's bullshit. At least they stayed in jail. I was really worried that you were going to tell me that they were both out. And I was going to be really upset by that. I was really worried at first because when I did an inmate search, I couldn't find them. But I was in California, oh. not Texas. Okay. So then whenever I pulled up the correct website, I found both of them. And then I was glad to see their parole dates were for another 17 years. Yeah. Because I'm like, the likelihood of them getting out and not passing away in prison is likely. Or if they do get out... What kind of life are they going to live? If they might be married. I don't know. Those prison wives are crazy. Oh, I know. That's some crazy shit. Yeah. Crazy. It's a real thing. I know. Chrissy and I watched Prison Wives like four or five, four or five episodes a couple weeks ago. Is and that then, on Netflix? Uh, I think it's Hulu. on Hulu. And it's, there was this one girl on there who, like as I was watching it and she was, she went after a man in jail. And he's in jail for life. He he killed his ex-fiance's mother for money, for drugs. Like, they killed her mother together. Brutally killed her. Okay, so that happened. And she's, like, in front of the camera. She's like, I mean, nobody understands what it's like. Like, he'll never hold me when I go to sleep. I'm like, you know that. We're not going to feel sorry for you. Like, you went after a man that's never going to share a bed with you. That was your choice. I'm sorry that that's, that's your life, but... You chose that life. No, simply you, being here. And then her mom ends up finding a man in jail. And her mom marries a man in jail. You know, I actually was listening to a, an episode of a different true crime podcast. And they talked about, I'm just going to say it was Sword and Scale. 
and he was saying that it's an actual thing and that they've done some research and that some most of the women, not all of them, but some of the women that get into that kind of relationship are the ones that don't really want to be. I figured it out. They want a relationship, but they don't want all the things that come along with it. But that, hmm. it can be on your terms. There's no abuse. There's no, like you could still have freedom, but still be in a relationship. Like you talk to them every day, you write letters, you send each other's gifts, and you can go visit now and then. But it's mostly, and I wouldn't say they were all women that had been abused, but they had some traumatic events mm -hmm. in their um, relationships in the past. So there's a little bit of a pattern there with women that I mean, that, that does make a lot of sense. It does, because it's on your terms. Always. I get it. I get it. Right. And I mean, men in prison, I guess, I mean, that's, they need love too, I guess. I don't know. I could never do it. No, and she's like, the money's really tied, and she's like, every time they move him units, we have to move, so she would uproot her kids and Still move. Still, no And sympathy. she's like, she then she compared herself to an army wife. She's like, you know, people judge me for moving my kids whenever, <coughs> um, whenever they're, it's not even their dad, it's their stepdad, it's not even their biological dad. She's like, I... We have to uproot them, but the same thing happens in military families and nobody judges them. I'm like, that's because you're comparing you apples to oranges. You can't compare being married to somebody in jail to being married to someone who fights to serve our country and keeps us safe, right? fights for our freedom. I'm that's like not even... Get out. So like after the I'm third or fourth on. episode, me and Christy were like, I, we can't do this. No, I don't I think can't, I can. I can't watch it. I I'm so, it could be different if like you were married to someone... Like, there was one woman who was married, and he did something while they were married. Well, if you're already in a relationship, and, that's different. And he and he went to jail for killing his ex-wife because she, she was, okay. like, stalking them. So she, he killed her. And so, that's I mean. That's different because they were they already were, together. They were already married. And then at that point, it's, like, no different than if your spouse gets a terminal illness or whatever. Mm -hmm. You're in it for the long haul. Yeah. I respect that, and I get that. And you've been with that person. You've slept next to that person. Mm -hmm. You've been on trips with that person. You have bonded with that person in the ways of a marriage. But how do you marry someone and like... And you know, like, and also it's different if you meet them some way and their being in jail isn't a long-term thing. Yeah. Like they're going to get out in a year or mm -hmm. two or maybe even five. Okay, yeah. then I guess I can see it if then you really Then we have click. a future together. Right. You and, know? you know, what's your plan when you get out? Like, you're going to need to go to a halfway house. You're going to need to get a job. Like, you have all these rules. Yeah. Right? But... At least there's a long-term plan, but if they're if they've got a life sentence, yeah. And this woman met him because she started writing a pen pal service for men in jail. And then after she got in a relationship, then her mom was like, "Oh, that's a great idea. What a great way to meet men." So then she started writing oh men. Then she got married to a man in prison. <laughs> I'm like, this is a whole Jerry Springer, Maury Povich. This is too much. So I don't think I could watch it if they're asking no. for sympathy. No, I would. So don't waste my time. I mean, it's interesting, I guess. We just got put out. I was, We were yelling at the TV too much. Because yeah, yeah. I'm like, you, as a mother, I'm like, I could never. I mean, it's I don't. It's hard enough to move your kids when you have legitimate reasons that yeah. are related to somebody in jail. Well, and when I look at, like, my dating life, I'm like, I don't ever want to change my children's life for a man. To accommodate that. Yeah. You know, like, they will always come first. So if I were to be with someone and then they ended up moving somewhere, I'd be like, well, if you want to live there, you can live there. But I can't up just uproot my kids. Now, if we're together for a long time, that's different. Well, and your your kids are old. If they're older, but right now they're too young to be bouncing. Yeah, around and these and her kids like she had like a sixteen year old and like a 
like an eight-year-old and like a 10-year-old. They were young. They weren't. And, she, and she's like, oh, we've lived like nine places in the year. What? Yeah. Like they move all the time. She's and like, it's always by a prison too. It's like yeah, because they probably live within walking distance of the prison. Not too far, yeah. And then she's like, because of the finances, we now have to live in Section 8 housing. And I had to sign a one-year term, which means that if I break this, I'll never be eligible for Section 8 again. So if he gets moved within the year, I can't move and go be closer to him. Well, that ended up happening. She had to drive four hours to see him. Maybe you just go a while and not see each other. I mean, you he's in jail. He's not going anywhere. I mean, he'll still be there. When your lease um, is up. Men, I would just like to say, if men in prison have time to get a call back, you free men oh, can text back. Snap. <laughs> I'm just saying. The, well, they got nothing but time. <laughs> Don't you leave me on read for five hours. You got How? nothing to do in that cell but read what, my text. What excuse could you possibly have? <laughs> it was yard time. Well, you got oh, money on your books. There's that so one window, there's that one hour where you get to go outside, right? Yeah. That's the only time you can go an hour without texting back. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, if unless they married in prison and, I mean, I don't know if conjugal visits were allowed in this situation, but. Well, that, how else are you going to stay married to someone if that's not. And this girl, like the guy, the, the one we're talking about. The conjugal visits weren't allowed, but she was like trying to fight the state because they were saying that depend. <laughs> Listen, to say I need some nookie. I'm gonna need you to fix this. I'm gonna need you to do something. And so, how do they do? They get married on like the internet? in jail. Like, no, they got married in jail. They had an in jail wedding. So you can go in and have an in jail wedding, but you can't have a conjugal visit. You cannot consummate the marriage. No. So because depending on the wherever state they were in or wherever it happened, depending on the intensity or the violence or the oh, bad of the crime, crime then they didn't feel like it was safe to put a put a no. woman in a situation like that well he but like she wants sliced, to put herself there yeah wide open right there she <laughs> he like really? sli- wide open? <laughs> he like sliced open his mother-in-law for drug money and then after while she's laying on the floor begging for her life dying He's emptying her jewelry box and then goes and pawns it for money, gets cash, and they go spend like four days in a hotel doing blow for like four so days. So now he's married and he, he wants so he to went, have sex with his wife. She's okay with sleeping with someone that did that to another woman. Yeah, another woman's mother. Mother. Elderly woman. And if he did get out, she'd probably let him come and stay with her and her children oh her she's like my kids that episode my kids are not even scared of him they love him like their own dad i'm like those four kids they can come live with me okay me too you ain't got to put up with that shit you don't have to move either no we ain't moving shit i'm moving this house Mm -mm. (laughs) i'm here to stay rest in peace monica so thank you dolores yes thanks for the suggestion yep anybody else have any stories send them our way otherwise that's a wrap all right bye Bye, y'all